What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Three Things Podcast. It's me, Casey Lee, uh, www.coachcaseylee.com. Um, I'm joined today by the other half of the Lab Fitness um, consultants. I had John Mulgino on last week. I've got the other half on this week, Neil Snyder. I had the pleasure of meeting Neil last year um, in October, I believe it was, when I was a presenter um, for their first um, clinic, workshop, seminar. I'm not really sure how it was officially classified, but it was, was very lucky to um, spend some time with Neil. Really loved uh, his take on leadership management. He's got an extensive background um, with Equinox. I'll let him talk to you guys a little bit more about that. Um, but really thought that with the amount of personal trainers that work in a corporate setting or for a big box gym and we spend a lot of time about how you can be the best trainer you can be, but a lot of times we don't talk about how to best interact with management, your fitness directors, um, things like that. And I, I just really found what Neil had to say super fascinating, so I'm really glad that he's able to jump on for an episode of The Three Things. Um, Neil Snyder, tell us a little bit about yourself. Casey, thanks for having me on here. I appreciate it. So, Absolutely. Yeah, also, I think you're only like eight episodes deep into your podcast, right? About that, seven or eight. Yeah. Nine. And I'm really impressed yep. with your, uh, your office setup so far. You got a nice, a nice recording studio. <laughs> my my car and an iPod microphones. <laughs> oh, you ruined the illusion. You ruined the illusion for everybody. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, I'm, uh, my name is Neil, and uh, I have been a personal trainer since 2007. I was a career changer. And I worked, at, uh, I worked at a couple gyms, 2007, 2008. And then the end of 2008, I started working at Equinox. Um, loved it so much that I wanted to join their management staff. So in 2000, beginning of 2010, I became a manager for them. And uh, they had, you know, I managed the trainers and then managed the business. And finally, uh, about a year and a half before I left, I managed their sort of like their master class of coaches called uh, the TRX coaches. Um, so I, it's pretty cool cause I went from a personal trainer to managing people who, uh, you know, were accountants the day before and then became personal trainers to people that have been personal training for five or 10 years. And then with this, uh, these master trainers, some of these guys have been training 20, 25 years. So, uh, it's really cool to, to get the experience, the full spectrum of employees. And, uh, right yeah. now I work at a gym, uh, I work at a small little, uh, kind of boutique gym in Garwood now that's a lot closer to my house where uh, <clears throat> called Fitness Inc. And I'm just kind of back to being a coach and helping these guys develop uh, more programs. Like uh, we're doing our second round of this uh, five-week nutrition program that was very successful uh, that we just uh, started at the end of last year. So we're doing a lot of cool stuff, a lot of programming stuff, nutrition stuff, cool stuff. That's awesome. Just want to give people uh, perspective. This number always blows my mind, probably just because I'm in, in a northern Vermont market. Um, at Equinox, how much revenue were you responsible for with your fitness team? Uh, when I worked at a flagship gym, normally about, uh, about a half a million a month. Wow. <laughs> um, so just so people who are listening can get a little bit of perspective, um, Neil's got his shit pretty dialed, which is uh, why I wanted him on, on for an episode. Um, cause this guy, when you talk about those kind of revenue goals, um, and production goals are one thing, but actually produces another, um, you know, this, this guy's, this guy's been there. Um, so Neil, 
I don't know if you know uh, how this rolls. Uh, if anyone who's listening for the first time, here's kind of how the three things work. I've got a sheet of paper here. I've got a bunch of different questions. Depending on the flow of the conversation, I'm going to work through three different questions. Neil does not know anything that's on uh, my paper, so I'm going to ask Neil three very random conversation starters just to get the most raw, candid, unscripted answers that I can possibly get. Um, and oh. that's basically how we got the three things going here. Um, like I told you before, it's explicit. If you are offended by curse words, Neil said he keeps it pretty PG. So, um, that'll, that'll be pretty good, I guess, for most, but, um, I mean, sometimes they say, they say people who curse more are somewhat more trustworthy or something. You ever read that? That's that study or I thought article? it was, um, <laughs> people who curse more, are more honest yeah, that, and that's good looking. It. That's uh, it too. True. Good, they're yeah. good looking too. I'm sure John Moljo would, would tell us that people who curse are, are way, way, way better looking than people who don't. So um, without further ado, I'll jump right into the first thing. Um, and this kind of stems from uh, your presentation in Peak Skill last year. You talked about how fitness trainers should make sure that their management team doesn't undermanage them. Um, and I, I thought that was pretty profound because, you know, as, as working as a manager, I, I think my job is to serve the four people who work underneath me or with me on a daily basis. So my first thing for you is how can a personal trainer or strength coach in a commercial setting best utilize their fitness manager, fitness director, whatever the, their direct report is? How can they best utilize them? Yeah, so because of, uh, because of the transient nature of personal training, like they're in and out of the club, you know, they got the morning clients, uh, their afternoon clients, their nighttime clients, they might leave in between. It's, it's you know, it is kind of tough, tough for a fitness manager to actually manage your staff in that sort of uh, environment. So I guess if you're, if you're finding that you're undermanaged, and I think undermanaged would be not meeting with your manager at least once a month, I would go up to them and ask for a structured – recurring meeting, um, you know, where you can talk about things like, uh, goals, uh, you know, money, um, anything you want to like, uh, future positions you want to hold, where you, how far you want to go in the company. Um, you know, if you secretly want to be a manager and don't tell anybody, uh, no one's ever going to know. So you need to talk to your managers about these things. If you want a promotion up to the next tier or, or level or whatever, um, you got, you got to talk to your managers about these things. Don't, you don't want to run away and hide. You want to, you want to get in front of them. Uh, <clears throat> here's another, uh, here's another tip. If you want to, if you want leads and uh, you know, prospective client uh, phone numbers and uh, you know, or like new member emails uh, you got to be in front of your manager uh, or the membership advisors, you know, kind of asking for that stuff too. Yeah. I think that's something that not a lot of people really realize. And, and it's funny how obvious it sounds, but to meet with your fitness manager and just talk about your career growth and what you're looking for, you know, that to a lot of new, to a lot of new coaches or trainers, I feel like that can be a really intimidating conversation. Um, but it really doesn't have to be, you know, I, I think that, you know, from, from my position and again, I, from a manager's perspective, that's what I want for my coaches is I want to be a part of their success even if it includes them wanting to essentially be a manager in the same position as me, you know, like that's something that, um, you know, I think when you put your brains together, a lot of people can be very competitive and cutthroat and think that it's direct competition for them. Competition isn't necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time, you know, rising tide lifts all ships and, and that should be kind of the mentality that unfortunately sometimes can go kind of haywire in a commercial gym where everyone feels like they have to compete with each other. 
Um, but it's totally refreshing to kind of get your perspective as to how trainers can really best utilize their, their direct report, their manager or their director. Um, on the other side of the coin, uh, I would say after doing this for, you know, 11, 12 years or whatever, uh, that, uh, most trainers are introverts and I would say a very large percentage of trainers are introverts. So they, uh, you know, they, they normally don't want to take the initiative and they kind of, you know, when they're not dealing with clients, they kind of, you know, they kind of leave and go do their own thing or so that's just something they got to break away from. And you can even ask your manager over email to meet with them. You know, Hey, Hey boss, can, uh, you know, can I meet with you Tuesday at 11? I got some questions for you, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I always, you know, I, I, people would tell me that I'm, I'm a pretty big extrovert, you know, and, and when I think about other trainers, I guess that really, I never really even thought introvert, extrovert. I would just assume that everyone in this field is a people person, but um, no, so we, uh, yeah, play the, wild. We, play, we play the role of extroverts in front of you on stage, but, but, uh, really when we're not in session, uh, I believe most of us are, are introverts. That's my experience. That's wild. I, I would think that you're probably pretty spot on. Um, question for you, kind of segueing a little bit differently here. Um, when you took over, so, you know, sounds like you had various management roles. How does your managerial style change or what changes when you lead um, a different team? Meaning whether it be different expertise level of trainers, whether it be a different size group of trainers. I know you're in a smaller facility now versus what probably was a larger facility in Equinox. How does that change for you or would you think for anyone, but from your experience, when you change teams or go to a larger team, how does your managerial leadership style change? Um, well, with, uh, with newer trainers, we definitely meet a lot more frequently. So I'm definitely more uh, engaged with those guys. Um, just on like a more frequent level, I'm engaged with everybody but on a more frequent level with the newer people. When you start getting up to trainers that are, you know, have like twice, twice as many years experience as you have, uh, you're definitely less, uh, you, you know, you, you don't want to have weekly meetings. You know, you might have week meetings every three weeks, meetings every month. Uh, you probably give them, or I, I would give them like a little bit more autonomy. Uh, with the younger trainers, you know, the topics of meetings would be, you know, basically like, you know, here's what I need from you. Uh, like what help do you need from me? And we just hash out like the numbers and, or, or, um, or what skills they needed at this point to improve to kind of, to build their business with the more experienced trainers. It's more like what ideas do you have for this department? Uh, what ideas do you have to, you know, help, help this team become a success? Uh, or maybe even what ideas do you have for this company to become a success? Um, you know, can I put you into a mentorship role with the old, you know, with the more senior trainers? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you're still, there's still the basics. You're still meeting with them. You're still talking about business. You're still talking about overall growth. You're still talking about, um, you know, what, what they're looking to accomplish within the, the quarter, the month, the quarter of the year, uh, what education they're seeking. Uh, but it's like, it's, it's more, uh, I guess it's more like, you know, it's more, it's more relaxed with the senior guys uh, just because they have sure. so many more ideas. And uh, if you don't get the senior guys involved, they're a little bit more engaged on that aspect, um, you will lose them. 
you know, you don't want to, you don't want to hammer in the same, the same things those guys have been hearing for, this, for the last five, 10 years of that company. You, you got to give them a little bit more leeway, a little bit, but you still have to manage the process. Yeah. I want to go back to a, a sentence you just said here, as far as uh, more autonomy with some of the older trainers and absolutely. Um, at what point, you know, if you're managing a younger, younger trainer, at what point do you start to give the trainer more autonomy? Uh, I know we talk a lot about at our facility autonomy with our clients and, and kind of getting our, our clients to this autonomous um, kind of behavior or mindset. Whereas, you know, we're kind of facilitating their workout from what they understand and their education and whatnot. But from a managerial perspective, at what point do you know, or do you start to think about giving a, an employee or new trainer more autonomy? So you have to set up certain, uh, I guess, certain metrics to classify these trainers as, um, you know, being, being, uh, I guess on, like onboarding, there's onboarding trainers and there's like developing trainers. Then there's trainers that are like in maintenance or, you know, they have steady business. You would have to just come up with some metrics uh, in order for them to have a steady business. So when we were at Equinox, uh, you know, that was about 50, you know, having 15 clients. Um, that was a steady business. So once they got to that point, you know, you help them build their business, you help them get the skills, then you can kind of uh, be a little bit more hands off. But that was, uh, that was very clearly defined, uh, you know, through metrics. Yeah, I think that's, um, I've never really even thought of that perspective as far as, you know, with the coaches on our staff, you know, I always try to push people who I manage or lead to a point of autonomy, but never really took a step back to really realize at what point do they you know, can they warn or can they handle or understand that, hey, you, you have, you know, some responsibility here to kind of do your thing. And I'm going to take a step back as your direct report. I guess it's one of those situations where it kind of goes to the first question. Like, I don't want to undermanage a, a coach of mine, but at the same time, I want to kind of push them to a sense of more autonomy, um, you know, and maybe this isn't really a question, but what is that line between under managing someone and giving them more autonomy? The line between under managing. Oh, uh, well, you don't want, you don't want too much autonomy because you don't want them to go rogue. Right. Uh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't want them to uh, feel underappreciated would be big. Like, um, you know, here they are, here they are, you know, working their butts off for you and the company. And, uh, you know, these newer guys who just got hired last month, you know, get all the attention. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that's a – I don't think it's a fine line. I think uh, you just – I don't think you ever want to lose engagement with, uh, with any of your employees. So, you always want to meet with everybody. Um, yep. You know, anytime I do consulting with, like, fitness managers or this or that, first thing I always ask them is how uh, – either how often – are you meeting with your employees or, you know, when do you meet with your employees? Something along that lines. Um, the ones that, the ones that, you know, have, have the most trouble don't meet at all with anybody. <laughs> so, you know, I would say, surprise, uh, surprise, right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let anybody go without a one-on-one one -on -one meeting longer than a month. Um, so those guys, those guys get like, you know, one-on-one -on -one total focus engagement, uh, at least one or two hours per month with you. Um, whereas, you know, the younger guys, one or two hours per week. I, I don't know if that answered your question. 
I don't know. I mean, it's like I was telling you at the beginning, however you, you know, these questions are interpreted. A lot of it is just a free flowing conversation. People are probably listening to this and being like, what the hell, Casey, get your shit together. Um, my last question for you, um, the last of the three things, and this doesn't have to be management related or leadership related. This can be literally as whatever you think is the answer to this question. Um, what's been the biggest game changer for you in the fitness industry? Whew, the biggest game changer for me in the fitness yeah. industry. This might be my favorite question to ask people that have a decade plus of service time in this industry, because there's, I feel like there's always going to be that one moment or multiple moments. I mean, depending on how long you've been in the industry where you go, yeah, this blank really helped me. What when is that for you? When I changed my attitude, I became elaborate a little bit. I became successful. What were you doing before? Um, you know, I, it was, uh, I don't know if this is just like a corporate thing or, uh, you know, cause any job that I've worked, you're always going to have a lot of employees with a uh, fair or, you know, crappy attitudes. Um, which is the way, you know, and in the beginning of personal training, when you're just starting out, it's a lot of work, uh, a lot of hours, you're not making a lot of money. And, uh, if you reflect that onto, you know, your managers, your peers, uh, your potential uh, clients, the members in the gym, uh, they pick up on that. I don't know if you realize it, but they pick up on it. And when I, uh, when I sort of shifted my mindset and I just said, no matter what happens, I'm just going to have like the best attitude towards everything ever. Uh, I'm going to have the best attitude when I'm working with people. I'm going to have the best attitude when management, you know, has a meeting with me, even if it's like corrective feedback. I'm going to have the best attitude, um, you know, about my finances, the best attitude about this assessment I'm about to do. Even if, uh, you know, even if I lost the assessment or didn't convert it, um, I still started converting a lot more and I started, I started being a lot more successful. I don't know how to explain it. I think it's one of those weird laws of the universe, right. but, uh, but, uh, once I, uh, once I flip my attitude around, uh, it was like, man, it was just, uh, I just built momentum so quickly. I went from, uh, you know, as a trainer, I went from not, uh, you know, barely converting anybody to, I had it to up to an 80% conversion ratio for assessment to clients. So four out of five people I would meet on the floor and do assessments with, I would convert them. Um, in management, it really helped out because, man, if you just have, you know, even if there were some months where we didn't exactly hit budget or the team, you know, didn't do great, uh, my attitude would never change. I would, they would never see that. Uh, and so I think the morale of the team just would, you know, even though we had a bad month, it would, we, the momentum that we had built would still roll into the next month and we would just, we would just crush it next time. Uh, what helps you with that? Was that something intrinsic or were you, you know, like, hey, um, this practice or this habit really helped me maintain this other habit. Was there any, anything that really influenced that? Or you just woke up one day and you're like, fuck it. I'm going to be a different person and I'm going to do better. Like what, 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 you know, what helps you? Yeah. You know what? I had a manager that just picked up on it very early in my career. And they told me to, uh, they told me to fake it till I make it <laughs> like one of those things, fake it till you become it, you know? Um, yeah. They were like, yo, you know, you just, you kind of walk around the floor and you like, you look a little mopey and this and that. And, and then around the same time, uh, um, I, uh, I was listening to some, uh, Earl Nightingale 
who's a uh, sort of like a motivational speaker at, or like a radio guy from the 50s and 60s, I believe. And in one of his lectures, he was just like, you know, great attitude equals great results. And, uh, you know, poor attitude equals poor results. And had a poor attitude, I was getting poor results. So I changed my attitude to, you know, great. And uh, I almost became like, I, I really, I became like the boisterous, uh, like mayor of, uh, of the gym. And, and man, people just picked up on that. And they wanted to work with me. They wanted to be around me. And, uh, you know, uh, people want to work with you. Just all, all kinds of great things just, uh, just start to happen. Like uh, my employees. Tony, you're the second person I've talked to. I didn't mean to cut you off there. What were you saying? I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you saying? No, like uh, I've had a, like there was, I live in New Jersey and there was a point where I was uh, commuting two and a half hours up to the city each way. So uh, like I had some of my employees come down for like a barbecue I was having. And uh, one, uh, one of my employees said, man, I can't believe how happy you are and how like jolly you are every day uh, with that commute. Like I, I have no, like, they couldn't understand it. They thought I'd be miserable. But uh, yeah, I am. I was miserable with the commute, but I would never, I would never let it show. I just always came in with a great attitude, and uh, you know, pe- people want to work for you. They want to follow you if uh, if your attitude's good. That's awesome. You're the second person to tell me um, of people who have had extensive time in a corporate gym that when they became and they literally both you guys have used the word the mayor. Um, you know that that everything kind of to change you know, for them as far as success and business and, and relationships within work and, and life and whatnot. So um, maybe that'll be the tackling of your podcast of when I became the mayor, it all changed featuring Neil Snyder. Um, but that's pretty awesome. I love, I love that word because uh, you know, I, I go to a corporate gym or work at a, work at a big box gym and you know, I, I keep the same attitude, man. I try to be the mayor of that place and, and it really does impact not only yourself, but, the people you're around, clients, employees, whoever it might be, other, you know, other department leaders. Um, if you've got the smile, you've got the attitude, it doesn't matter if you're pissed on the inside, but if you're projecting it, like you say, we're on stage, um, you know, that, that's huge. That's huge. Um, I'm wondering if I want to ask you, I do want to ask you a bonus question. So bonus fourth thing, unprecedented, don't know if this has ever happened, um, right. but Neil question. Snyder, a lot of new coaches that I talk to, um, get scared at the word sales. What is your best piece of sales advice for every either trainer or either new trainer, but what's your best piece of sales advice? Are you ready for this? This is uh, I mean, I'm going to give I'm you, I'm ready for it. I mean, I'm going to give you $500,000 inner circle. Like you got to like, you know, uh, <laughs> you got to name your firstborn after me. Uh, sales advice. Uh, are you ready? I think I could do that. Neil's a good name. Yep, Neil's a good name. I'm ready. The firstborn's going to be called Neil. Boy or girl, Neil. Are you sitting down? Uh, ask for the sale. I'm sitting down. Yeah, you should ask for the sale. Ask for the sale. You do not, as a Give manager. Give an example. You do not, as a manager, you do not know how many follow-up calls I would make after, uh, you know, like, uh, like orientations or complimentary personal training sessions or assessments. Um, I would call and follow up. And just say like, hey, how'd everything go? And they were like, man, it went really good. I had a good time. Like, I really learned a lot about myself. And I'd be like, is this something you're interested in following up with? You see yourself, you know, uh, like uh, benefiting from a program like this? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, great. Can I get you started with, you know, 
uh, you know, a, 20, a pack of 24 sessions training two or three times a week. They're like, yes, great. Give me your credit card. They're like, here it is. And uh, <laughs> I go to the trainer and they were like, yeah, just, you know, it ran to the last minute. I just never asked for the sale. Like if he didn't seem interested and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Cause I just, yeah. I just sold it for you. Um, you know, and that, that definitely happened with me in the beginning as well. It just, uh, you know, it's just something where, uh, I guess you're a little bit, you know, intimidated about asking for, for money, but, uh, people in a gym, man, like they, they know how this operation works. They know there's people, you know, training, they pay you for training and then you trade them. It's not a, it's not a surprise. You know, when you walk into Best Buy, you know, salespeople know you're going to buy a TV. It's not, you're not there to like, you know, check out how awesome their khakis are uh, or, you know, or chat with them. It's just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, just, I, I know they always wear khakis there. Uh, like they know you're in there to, you know, to see their, their services or their products. And then, you know, if you're uncomfortable asking for the sale um, or, you know, it just seem, always seems intimidating, I would just come up with uh, like one or two questions that just sort of uh, starts the ball rolling. Um, you know, a great question would be like, would you like to continue on with this program? <laughs> or, yeah. um, you know, uh, would, you like, <laughs> would you like to get some sessions, you know, to, uh, to, to continue on? I mean, you know, here, here's, here's one for you. Um, you know, so here's, here's what personal training is like. Would you like to know how much it costs? Yep. I'd I say think you just took my line. Nine, nine <laughs> out of 10 people. When you ask them, would you like to know how much this costs? Say yes. And then you tell them and then, then you, then you shut up and you don't say anything <laughs> until they, I think that's probably sales tip. Number two is just shut up and listen at one point after you ask, just shut up. Yeah. I mean, you don't know how many times I talk myself out of the sale. You have, you have to let them work through it. You know, you gotta, even if it's like a, it's going to seem like 10 minutes of uncomfortable silence, but it's really only like 10 seconds. And uh, you just have to let them, let them walk, work through it. And they come back, you know, they come back as yes. Most of the time. If you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully, you know, I, I, I don't really know who the audience of this podcast is, but I bet it's a lot of personal trainers um, I bet it's a lot of people who get really uncomfortable asking for sales and hopefully this finds its way to the iPod of, uh, or iPhone, I should say, I guess iPods are probably obsolete at this point, but to the iPhone of a new trainer who, you know, this really helps, um, you know, and even a manager, you know, like I, I, I consider myself a, a young manager here. I, I've been a, a manager for two and a half years now and, and I know it's, it's very young, even though it feels like it's been forever, but um, you know, tidbits that you just said really help are, are going to help me. And I, I've got a little note sheet here that I write things down on so that I can better myself too. And hopefully this, uh, this helps a lot of people. Neil Snyder, if people want more information about you, where can they find more information about you? Before I give you that, can I give you another uh, two minutes? I'm going to wrap this question into another question. Yeah. Hell yeah. If you're, if you're a trainer looking to get a little bit more engaged with your management team and you have trouble selling, uh, you can ask your managers if they will help be a part of the closing process. So if that's very uncomfortable for you, um, maybe you can ask them like, hey, after I do this orientation or complimentary personal training session or however you work it in your gym, can I bring this prospect into the office where we can discuss the options? Um, even with the, 
you know, that's actually something that worked very well with, uh, like when you're working with uh, extremely senior trainers, because they charge a lot for, for sessions. And, uh, you know, it, uh, you, you want to you show the, the member that they're getting, you know, not only do they get the trainer, but, you know, also like the management's on their, on their side as well. And their manager's, you know, keeping tabs on their program and you're, the manager will be checking in with them, you know, maybe on a monthly ba basis, send them with a phone call or, a, or an email, you know, to see if they're hitting their goals and making their sessions and all that. Uh, so it could, it, you know, it could work if that was something you, you know, if you had a, a manager who was a good, who was a good closer. Um, but that's something I've done too with a lot of, uh, with a lot of employees in the past, they would just walk them into my office and uh, I would already know the prospect because nine times out of 10, I would have set the prospect up with the trainer. So it's not like, it's not like I'm just some guy ready to sell. Like they, we would already communicate over email or with the phone. So, you know, it's just that, that whole circle of the relationship and we just come in and, close the loop, <laughs> close the circle. Yeah. That's a great tip. That's a great tip. Um, especially, you know, tying that into the first question. Um, you know, just hopefully management is, is willing to do that. You know, I think sometimes managers have a sink or swim attitude, but, uh, um, no, that's, that's part of the process. That's a poor that's, attitude. That's a poor attitude. I know it's a poor attitude, but, um, just having spent some time in, in facilities across the country, I think that a lot of trainers need to embrace that, their employees are who they work for. It's not the opposite way around. So um, right. to make sure that you're, you're helping the people you work with is, and that's a great way to do it. Um, Neil, how do people find out more about you? Uh, well, uh, they can, uh, they can shoot me an email. I'm uh, neal.snyder at gmail.com. Neil.snyder. Uh, I use Facebook a lot. I think like everybody else, N-E-A-L-S-N-Y-D-E-R. Um, let's see, you can visit our website, labfitconsultants.com. If you're, uh, if you're looking to get some consulting work in, I partner with uh, John Moljo. He's a gym owner. Uh, so between me and him, like between the corporate gym and the gym owner, we got a pretty good, uh, pretty good idea of what's going on in the industry. And we love to help, uh, aspiring and senior trainers out as well as those that are looking to make the jump from independent or corporate trainer to facility owner. That's awesome. I'll make sure that contact information is in the show notes. Um, to everyone listening, thank you so much. Push the subscribe button if you're listening on iTunes. Give it a like if you're listening on SoundCloud. Make sure to check out www.coachcaseylee.com for some written content as well as all the other episodes of the Three Things Podcast. Just launched, launched some distance coaching as well. Um, if you are listening out of the state of Vermont and you are looking to um, see what services I have to offer, please drop a line. There are buttons all over my website, uh, but you can always shoot me an email at coachcaseylee.com. I'm sorry, coachcaseylee at gmail.com, um, and we can get the ball rolling on that. Until next time, Neil Snyder, thank you so much. Thanks again, Casey. I really enjoyed it.